dazzling images on a huge silver screen. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this, and stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here they are. Welcome to the second mini episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith. Firmly aware that this is my second mini episode in a row without a full episode in between. I am working on that second episode right now. It's going to be exciting, and I will make an announcement at the end of this one. But last week, when I was doing my episode on the Oscars, I listed my top 25, and I was thinking about it, and I realized some of these movies might not be super well-known, and obviously some of them are very well-known. I thought I'd just kind of like do a small deep dive into all 25 of them and tell you why I like them, where you could find them as of now, and like offer my glowing recommendations. Hopefully I introduce you to a new movie that you enjoy as much as I do. I do enjoy a mixture of artistic films as well as entertaining blockbuster films, and I, I think that this list is a mixture of both, honestly. Uh, the list as it stands could change. Uh, that's the way I work. Every time I make a ranking, I look at it a few months later and go, huh, why did I put that above this? I imagine this year will be no exception to that. So yeah, it really depends on how I feel at the moment, and this is how I feel at the moment. I would also like to point out that 2021 was stacked with amazing films, so I am missing a ton of great work. Just because it's not on this list doesn't mean I don't give it a glowing recommendation. Uh, just so you know, like if I'm missing your favorite film, you know, feel free to send me a comment and I'll give it like a glowing recommendation on Twitter or Instagram. 2021 was fantastic for movies. Number 25 is Tick Tick Boom. Directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame, starring Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson, who is most famous for creating Rent, as well as the semi-autobiographical musical that this movie is based on, Tick, Tick, Boom. This film is great because it offers insight into Jonathan Larson's creative process while making the iconic musical, and Andrew Garfield, who is such a great actor, surprises with his ability to hold down a musical. This is his first musical performance that I'm aware of, and he nailed it. Uh, he was one of my favorite performances this year. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom is available on Netflix. Do check that out. It's so good. Number 24 is Passing, directed by Rebecca Hall, more famous for her work as an actress, in films like Vicky Cristina Barcelona, The Town, The Prestige, uh, Godzilla v. Kong. Uh, yeah, she's done a lot of amazing work as an actress. Um, seeing her uh, direct this very poetic film with great performances from both Ruth Nega and Tessa Thompson. It's about two friends who reunite. One of them it, both of them are mixed race, but one of them passes for white and is married to a prejudiced uh, white rich guy. It's quiet, it's unassuming, but it will tear your heart out. It is amazing. Number 24 kind of got lost in the shuffle last year, and I think that's kind of sad because it is one of the most fun movies I've seen all year. 
It's called The Harder They Fall. It's a Western directed by James Samuel. And this cast, though, this cast is stacked. Look at, you have like Jonathan Majors, you got Zazie Beats, you got Regina King, you got Lakeith Stanfield, you got Idris Elba, Delroy Lindo. This is like, it is an action-packed Western with amazing character dynamics and you got to check this out. Uh, this one is also a Netflix original. So yeah, totally worth uh, worth your time. Number 22 is The Tragedy of Macbeth, directed by Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers. Uh, this is a an adaptation of the Shakespeare play Macbeth. Uh, Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand are phenomenal here. They're great. I feel like Catherine Hunter... Uh, the actress who plays the witches really deserved more credit for her work because those witches were terrifying, uh, to say the least. The production design and the cinematography were so unique, and uh, they really stood out to the point where they felt like characters in the movie. Uh, it's one of my favorite Shakespeare adaptations, and that's saying something like... I, I'm putting it up there with like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet and Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. It's it's art. It's also an Apple TV Plus original, so that's where you'll find it. A number 21 is Peter Jackson's nearly eight-hour documentary miniseries, The Beatles Get Back. Peter Jackson, of course, most famous for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, a couple years ago, he started diving into uh, retouching old footage to make them look like they were shot uh recently uh with his uh, world war one epic um they shall not grow old epic documentary i should say uh he did the same technology here when he made the beatles get back where you're uh following them around the time where they're filming the let it be documentary uh while they're making that album uh the narrative around it is that they're falling apart they're not getting along this kind of goes into the more nuanced discussion of that. You get to see them and how they work together, uh, the kinds of, the the ways they would, you know, just joke and have fun while they were, were recording. And of course, it all culminates into the iconic rooftop concert, um, which was filmed spectacularly. Well, filmed, he didn't film it, edited spectacularly for this this movie. Uh, it does require a whole lot of your time, but especially if you are a Beatles fan, this is worth every minute. And this epic documentary is available on Disney+. Plus. Number 20 is one that I wanted to highlight, mainly because I really want Broadway to be open to doing more things like this. I know last year they did it with Hamilton. This year it was Come From Away, a story about 7,000 passengers who get stranded in Newfoundland uh, during, like, after 9-11 and all these planes are being grounded. And it is a beautiful, heartwarming musical. Short and sweet, but, like, the music is great. The staging is excellent. The way they move the camera around the stage. Uh, like, I really want Broadway to do this with more musicals because... This is making the theater accessible to the masses. And I 100% support that. Sure, do the original run on Broadway, do the original tour. But after that, like, be open to doing more things like this. Because 
this was spectacular. In many ways, for many people, this could be the only way to get to see these brilliant works of art. And for me, I, I feel like art should be something that, you know, the, everyone can enjoy at reasonable prices. Uh, and this this particular musical performance is uh, also an Apple TV Plus original. Number 19 is Nine Days, directed by Edson Oda, starring Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz, Bill Skarsgård, Benedict Wong, and Tony Hale. The basic premise of the movie is a group of souls are interviewing for a chance to be born. This is a deeply reflective film. It tackles questions like the meaning of life. It's not the kind of movie that claims to have all the answers, but it does beautifully offer some perspective. And it's also gorgeous to look at, and the cast is amazing. If you have access to stars, that is where you could find a streamable version of Nine Days. Number 18 is Disney's Encanto. Uh, with all the heart music, the relatable themes, the amazing characters that Disney as a studio has come to have been known for, uh, it's really no surprise that this cracked my top 25 here. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, looking at how they picked Dos Oruguitas as their champion for best original song, which, by the way, that would have been my pick as well. You have this musical that's all showstoppers, like every single song, and you don't get that often. It's really amazing. Chances are you've seen this too, and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, this film, obviously, you'll find it on Disney+. Plus. Number 17 is Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised a documentary directed by Questlove. It's about the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival. It's a celebration of music and culture, and I can't describe it in a way that does it any kind of justice at all. You really should see it for yourself. It's just an incredible concert film and a tribute to a real historic moment in music and in, I guess, in just general history. Uh, this amazing film, you can find it on Hulu. Number 16 is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes, yes, I know I gave one to Marvel, but this one is top tier Marvel. This is like, the last time I felt this excited about a Marvel movie was when I watched Black Panther. The characters in this are so much fun. The actors are bringing their A-game here. Um, the action sequences are some of the best that Marvel has to offer. And yeah, they actually give you a good reason to be invested in Marvel in the future. So yeah, that, there's a huge plus on that. Number 15 is this year's big winner at the Oscars, Coda, directed by Sean Heater. Uh, I said my piece on this last week. It, it was a good win for the Oscars. Uh, this is a very beautiful movie. It's simple, unpretentious. The actors are all great here. It wastes no time pretending to be something that it isn't. It's a very simple and straightforward story told beautifully. Um, yeah, I'm so happy for it that it won Best Picture, to be honest. Even though, like, yeah, on my list it's number 15, but it's a good win. Number 14, Candyman. Directed by Nia DaCosta, 
this sequel to the 90s horror classic brings back everything. It pays homage to what was there before and gives you something new and exciting, both in storytelling and visual. Like, the, there are things that are hidden within the frame that you might miss it if you're not looking for it, but if you're paying attention, like, it will, it will add to the horror of the film. It's not available on any free streaming services, but it's definitely worth the rental. Number 13, Dune. Directed by Denis Villeneuve, uh, starring uh, Timothée Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, and so on and so forth. Dave Bautista's in it. Yeah, this is huge. Allegedly an unfilmable movie, uh, even though it's been attempted in the past. David Lynch famously or infamously made a version in the 80s. Uh, this was very well made, visually one of the most stunning films I've seen in years. The world building here is top notch, even if it gets off to a little bit of a slow start, like everything there is necessary to progress the plot and get to know all of these characters, and it is a huge cast of characters. And Dune is on HBO Max. Number 12 is one that you've likely never heard of. In fact, it's so obscure it doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry yet. It's a sci-fi time travel comedy from Japan called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Directed by Junta Yamaguchi, this is a film about a cafe owner who finds a TV that can see two minutes into the future and he can contact himself two minutes into the future and it's just this wild ride where they're like constantly trying to like push that time even further into the future trying to like get rich quick and then all of a sudden this stuff starts to backfire on them in spectacular ways it has a very interesting ending it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's a short and breezy, just barely over an hour movie, but it is such a delight to watch. I can't talk this one up enough. This one is uh, available on demand. You have to you have to pay for it, but it's it's totally worth it. Trust me on this one. It, it's good. Number eleven is 2021's favorite punchline. Apparently, Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. I'm actually kind of sad this one flopped as hard as it did because it's a fantastic film from start to finish, filmed Rashomon style, and th every choice made in the writing, in the acting performances, in the directing, in the staging of it, it really, it really complements that style well. Uh, all of the actors, Adam Driver, Matt Damon, especially Jodie Comer, are phenomenal here and this film is like one of the most underappreciated films of last year uh trigger warning it unfortunately like the film does center around a sexual assault uh it does show it in graphic detail twice from two different perspectives um just so you know ahead of time before going in if that's something that might not be to your liking, it might actually be a good idea to stay away from this one. The Last Duel is also on HBO Max. Keeping it medieval, uh, number 10 is David Lowery's The Green Knight, uh, based on the tale of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, uh, starring Dev Patel. 
It's visually exquisite. The production design, the costumes, the cinematography. It's one of those movies that really relies on your interpretation of what's going on as opposed to spelling it out for you. But at the same time, it's not inaccessible at all. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a classic tale of chivalry, but it does so in like a unique and modern way that pretty much I think anyone can get behind it, honestly. Uh, your interpretation of it could be different from mine, and you, you'll still probably get a lot from it. The Green Knight is currently on Showtime. Number 9 is probably my favorite screenplay of the year. Directed by Janixa Bravo, Zola. Zola is literally based on a Twitter thread where a stripper recounts a this incredible road trip that she had to Florida. Uh, this description does it no justice. This film is a wild ride. Taylor Page and Riley Keough make amazing leads here with Coleman Domingo in a tour de force supporting performance. Uh, this is one of the year's most underappreciated films, I think, uh, and I highly recommend it. Currently, you could find it on both Showtime and Paramount+. Plus. Number 8 is one that really stuck with me for months after I watched it, and I'm still thinking about it. It's Pablo Larraín's Spencer. Uh, Kristen Stewart, finally, like, this is the performance that will, that should be shutting everyone up about Twilight, because she is excellent here. Uh, Spencer is not your typical biopic, uh, and that's what I love about it. It doesn't stick to any kind of formula. In fact, it takes a night out of Princess, or weekend out of Princess Diana's life, which, you know, in real life, it would have just been in extremely awkward, but and uncomfortable, but Pablo Larraín just frames it like a horror film, and there are some deeply, deeply unsettling th scenes in this film. Uh, it's definitely not what you expect it to be at all, and that's what I love about it. This is an incredible motion picture, uh, and one of the, probably one of the best biopics I've ever seen, to be honest. And this one's available on Hulu. Number seven is an anime film by Mamoru Hosoda, who previously brought us Mirai. Uh, Belle is a modern sci-fi retelling of Beauty and the Beast, told through the lens of social media and technology as a whole. The animation here is breathtaking. It's got great music, too. Like, Part of the character's dynamic is she wants to be a singer, and she finds her voice through this avatar online, and it's just beautiful. I would also suggest uh, having tissue handy when watching this one. Unfortunately, it's not yet available on any streaming service or on demand, but do keep an eye out for when it is. Number six, diving into more artistic fare, is This Is Not A Burial, It's A Resurrection. This is a drama film from Lesotho. Trying to find the words to describe this is really difficult, but I'm going to give it a shot. It's about an 80-year-old woman who's preparing for her own funeral and basically saying goodbye to the world. And then these people want to come in and build a dam in her village and is forcing everyone to move out. And this is a gorgeous, sad, beautiful, and hopeful movie. 
and it has some of the most striking imagery I've seen all year. This is not a burial, it's a resurrection, is available on the Criterion channel. Number five is going to be Annette, directed by French filmmaker Leos Carax. It's inventive, it's weird, at moments it's unsettling, and best of all, it's a musical, so of course I love it. Uh, the Sparks Brothers wrote the songs for this, and they are super catchy. Adam Driver is giving one of his career best performances here, and Marion Cotillard is uh, so good. You may not entirely understand why Carax decided to go a certain direction with some aspects of filmmaking, but what I'm going to say to that is just roll with it. This movie is a lot of fun. Annette is available on Prime Video. Number four is Titan, directed by Julia Ducourneau. If you've seen her previous film, Raw, you know what you're in for with this. This is a deeply uncomfortable uh, horror, a body horror movie. Uh, and I honestly don't know how to describe it. <laughs> like, I even went to IMDb for help and checked the synopsis, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, eh, that's that's not it. <laughs> that's wrong. I mean, it's not, it's not wrong wrong, but it's not, like, this doesn't even begin to explain what this movie is. Um, yeah, this is a dark movie, but, like, it's very interestingly filmed. And uh, Agatha Roussel and Vincent Lindon are delivering great performances. You will feel very uncomfortable watching this, and I mean that in the best way possible. Titan is currently playing on Hulu. Number three is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Uh, I, I'm, I still can't believe this is Spielberg's first and only musical. The way he directed this thing, it, it, you would think he'd been doing it his entire career. But yeah, West Side Story w was amazing. The way they changed up the story a little bit to modernize it, and at least make the attempt to make it less problematic, the cast was phenomenal, especially... Ariana DeBose and um, Rita Moreno. Oh my god, Rita Moreno is just amazing in this. Rachel Zegler. This is a great film. I, I'm going to go as far as to say I prefer this over the 1961 original. That's how good it is. Uh, Steven Spielberg did a tremendous job here. The choreography is exciting. The cinematography is gorgeous. The production design, everything about this movie is just perfect. Uh, no notes. Uh, this is this is fantastic. West Side Stories on both Disney Plus and HBO Max. Number two is Drive My Car by Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Uh, this one, look, it's going to require your patience. It's going to require your attention. And it kind of tests that a little bit, because um, if you're not prepared for a movie that's going to make you sit and contemplate, which is what this movie does, you may not come out of it liking it nearly as much as I did. It uses uh, Anton Chekhov's play Uncle Vanya as a backdrop, and anyone who's familiar with that play knows like how like slow-moving, deliberately paced, uh, stoic that it is. Uh, in fact, it was kind of a pretty funny Family Guy joke at one point. But the movie also plays 
in that style. And like you have to be paying attention to what the characters are saying, what the characters are doing. But in my opinion, I think the payoff is so worth it. Like it will reward that patience if you're willing to give it. This is a just a deeply sad and beautiful picture. And um, yeah, I this one, I, I'm still thinking about it to this day. Like I walked out of the theater going, wow, like this one, this one blew my mind. <laughs> and Drive My Car is on HBO Max. I'm going to be honest, number one I knew was going to be my pick as soon as I saw it. I didn't think anything was ever going to dethrone it, and nothing did. It is John M. Chu's In the Heights, uh, based on the hit Broadway musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda. This film came at the right time. I It was one of the first movies I saw in theaters post uh, theaters reopening, and it was just this jolt of pure joy that ran through me while watching it. It's an exquisitely filmed musical with great performances all around. Uh, the Paciencia fan number is one of the greatest scenes of the year, I think. Last, last week I talked about how Coda was that feel-good movie that we needed. To me, In the Heights was that. In the Heights was the feel-good movie that we needed at the time that it came out. It was the movie for the moment for me. Uh, uh, this, this podcast has, is um, inspired by those ads that play before the movies featuring Nicole Kidman. Um, honestly, that is literally how I felt watching this movie. That, that, that entire ad, uh, how she's looking at the screen and everything she's using to describing it, all of it. That, that is exactly how I felt watching this movie. It is perfection. And this incredible film is available on HBO Max. Give it a look. You will, you'll, you'll see what I mean. <laughs> and those are my picks. If you ask me six months from now, I might have different picks. But anyway, our next episode is going to be our second full episode, which I am calling Send Dunes. My guest for next week wanted to discuss Dune. So I'll be looking at both the uh, 1984 and the 2021 film, uh, and the historical context behind them, how they fit in with the novels. Uh, this is going to be a really exciting conversation. I just finished re-watching these movies, and I'm very excited to talk about it. So yeah, join us next time. I don't have a date yet on when this will be available, but uh, just know that I am, in fact, working on it. And before I go, I would like to plug a couple things that I'm listening to. Uh, number one, a couple weeks ago, I... I appeared on the Casually Christian podcast um, to discuss classic cinema as well as modern cinema. It was a really fun discussion. Uh, I was a little nervous because it was streamed live. Um, it's been available on YouTube for the past couple weeks. Uh, this last week, it was just uploaded onto Spotify. So give that a listen. Uh, also, um, one that I was not involved in at all, but I'm very excited that it's returning. You Must Remember This is back with a brand new season. This is one of my favorite podcasts. It's 
informative, very well researched, and best of all, it's entertaining. Like, I just can't get enough of it. I, I am excited every time a new episode comes out. So give it a listen. You must remember this. Uh, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the mini-sode. Thank you for listening. I hope you are not just entertained, but somehow reborn together.